Hey guys, welcome to the Two Free Vision. Thanks for riding the wave with me. My name is Savage the Vessel, and I aim to motivate, to uplift, to inspire, and to guide. So as we get ready for this next episode, I hope you guys just keep in mind that knowledge is power, knowledge is everything. So continue sharing your brownies with the world and let's get right into this. Okay, uh, I think we're good. Um, that was that was something because I. All right, guys. Hey, welcome back to uh, welcome back to Waves, y'all. So I was just discussing. Oh, by the way, it's Savage the Vessel. If you don't know by now, but I was just discussing. Um, I had tried to re I had tried to record this episode three times, y'all. Like, like, and it wouldn't go through. Like, it wouldn't. It would keep. It would either keep ending. Or it would keep, um, man, I've already said like, like in these three episodes, I've said some fire things and now I can't go back on it, but I am trusting and believing that the Holy Spirit going to come back through and we're going to speak again. So before I get into that, y'all, I just want to say a prayer. I want to pray for us. I want to pray for the world. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for me because there ain't got to be a because we're just going to do it because that's what we do. So God, I pray that anybody under the sound of my voice, God that is going through any type of pain, any type of darkness, any type of um, uh, inability to understand a situation or situations or things transpiring around them, God. Anybody who is experiencing pain, turmoil, or any type of grief, and not even just the negative things, anybody who is experiencing joy, anybody who is experiencing peace, anybody who is experiencing any of the amazing gifts that you've given them, God, I pray that anybody that is under the sound of my voice, God, that they hear my voice, God, but they listen for you, that their hearts are open to receive you, God, that they hear my words, Lord, but it's you that speaks to their hearts, God. And I pray that, God, I am continue to be your vessel, God, that I continue to be used by you, God. God, I pray that we as a people come together as a unity. We come together as one, Lord. We come together and we are your hands and feet, God, that we are the ones that are going to make the changes in this world because this world is 70, 30, God. There's 70 percent evil people and there's 30 percent good people. And with the week that I've had, God, just the week I've had, Lord, and the little bitty pieces of the puzzle that are all over my coffee table, God, I feel like now after today, the last thing that has happened, God, I feel like it has put the whole picture in perspective. And again, God, let me allow I'm allowing myself, God, to become less and small, God, so that you can shine brighter and bigger, God, because I know that you don't need me, God, but you are choosing to use me. And God, that is a great blessing. That is an amazing blessing, God. So God, less of me and none of me and more of you, God. I pray that anybody that needs the encouragement because I came to inspire, I came to uplift, I came to motivate, I came to teach, and I came to spread peace and joy because we've had dark days and as long as there's another force in this world there will always be evil there will always be people clashing but I, if I can encourage anybody before we get into this episode just to have an open heart and to know that I want you to win God wants you to win, and we're going to win. 
So let me get into this because I have a lot to talk about. In the beautiful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God, let this be your stage. Take it away, God. I'm just here along for the ride. All right, let's get into this. Okay, so... um, So this episode I titled Principles, and God has been working with me for a little over a week to try to put this one together. And so basically, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you guys what principles is and I'm going to go. So this season, we've been talking a lot heavily about tithing and what it means to tithe and how it really isn't a choice, because at the end of the day, we're not giving money back to God. What we're doing is we are returning that those funds, those resources back to our father, you know, and so from the age of like maybe when I was the long the earliest I can remember is I was 10 years old and I've always been in church. My mom had us bas- uh, baptized. She had us um, in church every Sunday. She had us in Awana. She had us in um, vacation Bible school. She had us in church camps a couple of times. And at that time, I was just learning who God was, who Jesus was. And in that time where I didn't know what love was in that time where I didn't have a support system in that time where I just felt like my life didn't mean anything because of the turmoil I was encountering I was learning who Jesus was there and I at the, I didn't I didn't learn until maybe almost 12 years later who Jesus was like I would always ask myself why is there something but never took the conscious time to go research but I would always ask why is there three names that are used interchangeably for one person and the answer was always in front of me like god yes god is one person but his son is jesus and the holy spirit that he embeds in all of us makes up the trinity and so i was like okay but in that time i would tie here and there you know i would here's a little money here god oh here's i have this extra or here's a little bit of this but it's like god don't want the last of what you got and now when I think about it, it's almost quite disrespectful how I used to do it. God wants that first 10. You give him that first 10 and then he going to take it. And it's kind of like it's kind of like a 401 investment for you. 401k if you want to put it in that term, because it's like you give that 10 percent back to the kingdom. God is taking a part of that 10 percent or that 10 percent and putting it on the table just for you, because God don't need the money. God don't want the money. God wants to see where our heart is. God wants to see if we're going to obey. God wants to see if he can trust us if we're not going to rob him and pull a Judas. You know, God already says he doesn't trust us. And I get that because there's times where I don't even trust myself because I know how deceitful my heart can be. And Jesus says that the heart is deceitful. But um, so we've been working on principles. So what is principles? Well, Principles is a fundamental truth or proposition that senses. Oh, I'm sorry. Principles are a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. So let me break it down because that was a lot of words. So I made it simpler and I said, basically, it's a guide for behavior or evaluation. It's a general or base truth on which other truths or theories can be based on. So, um, uh, a week or two ago, um, when I put out, um, deception, uh, my friend Rory, shout out to Rory. What's up out here doing big things. Um, 
he asked me, he said, so you don't believe in evolution? And I said, I, I just I, I just remember in that moment, I remember just the Holy Spirit just raining down on me because I didn't even have to think about the answer I wanted to give him because it's like I didn't have an answer. And so let me go back and read exactly what he said. Um, let's see here. Because it, it made me. OK, so he said, so you don't believe in evolution. And I said, I believe that I was created in God's image. I believe that I was created in human form from the beginning. As far as belief in it, I can see where science exists. I just don't believe in a theory I cannot prove or disprove. So I can't really speak on what I believe in or uh, because it's not something I can actually invest in and find the truth because it's a theory. You know, it just would just lead me down a rabbit hole and then it would contradict everything that I know that like the truth that was put inside me, the truth that I know that. And so, no, I, I don't believe in it, but I also don't discredit it because I don't I can't prove or disprove it, if that makes sense. So like, for instance, um, Christianity, the principles for Christianity are in the Bible, which translates to fundamentals or principles. And 10% to God always in everything. So where there's just money, it's 10% that goes to God. Whether it's your time, the first 10% goes to God. Whether it's your ch children, the first 10%, the first, like you remember the story in the Bible where God um, took all the firstborns. And then when he had that story, that story when he, when he asked, um, wow, this is not happening right now to me. Uh, I don't want to misquote or say the wrong name. So until I can find the right names, I'm just going to tell the story. Um, but there was a um, there there was a there was a follower of Christ, someone who followed God, like and and God had promised him that you're gonna have you're gonna have you're gonna have a ch child. And years had went on years, and he was so old by the time it happened. And God God came through on his promises, which he always does. So he had a son, and then God says, "Sacrifice your son, give your son to me." And he was like, you know, like God, I trust you, you. I've been there, but this is my, this is the promise you gave me. And God said, do you trust me? Give me your son. And I can imagine myself being in that situation. And it's like, God, I trust you. God, I love you. You've proven to me who you are. Yet God, this is the promise you gave me that I've waited years so long for to where I almost stopped believing because I thought that it wasn't going to come to pass. And so he finally said, you know what? Okay. So he takes his son and he gets ready to, he gets ready to take his son's life. And right before he does it, God sends a ram. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. God was just testing his heart. Do you trust me? Will you believe in me? And when I remember that, I, it's like 10% in everything you do, you know, whatever I have, it's God's and God don't ask for much. He really doesn't because everything he's given you, he's given you. So give it back. God can do more with that 10% than you ever could have done with the 100%. And that is so true. I've walked it because I used to like titty and toddle with it. Like, okay, a little bit here, a little bit there. But this year, y'all, I've gone hard. When I didn't have a job, 
and I had a, a couple of dollars to my name, a couple for like maybe a McChicken and, and, and maybe maybe a soda, maybe a small fry. Um, I remember I would put it into the kingdom. I said, God, I know you got me. I said, the birds don't have to wake up every morning and wonder if their voice is going to work so that they can sing. They don't have to wake up in the morning wondering, oh, am I going to eat today? They don't worry about if they're going to live tomorrow, if they're going to have wings that fly. Like, so I said, if God, if, if things are so simple for a bird, why as a complex creature am I allowing these worrisome thoughts to cloud my purpose, to cloud what God has already got for me. Like God, if God does that for the smallest of creatures and we're his most prized, what more will he do for us? So um, this year I've been tithing and my life's just been so blessed since the, like not just since tithing, but since the beginning of the year, when I started my first of my year with God, that was my 10%. I started God I gave my first of my year with God, not that I would have been doing anything important anyway, but I gave my first 21 days of the year to God to say, hey, God, I hear you. I'm here and I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated, you know, and it was so enriching for me. Like, that's where I got my word of the year. And um, another thing, 10 uh, percent when it comes to. Uh, uh, oh, it was just right there. Bring it back to me, Holy Spirit. Bring it back to me. Oh, okay. Every day I wake up, I give the first 10% of my morning to God. I get in my Bible, I get in my devotions, and I hear from the Lord. Like, it's just, it's not an excuse for it anymore. It, it's something that has to be done, and it's something that will be done. And um, it's something that needs to be done. It's something that I, that is going to get done every morning, without a doubt. And so if I oversleep, that's on me. But whatever it was planned that day, it's going to have to wait until I get in my word. God gets the first 10%. And I'm done playing with it. There's no excuse for it. There's there's no there's no explanation. It's it 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 needs to be done and it better be done. That's that's all there is to it. But um so we're going to segue from that for just a little bit. We're gonna come back to it. But um Malachi 310 is the the perfect, 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 perfect verse. For um, tithing, and I'm gonna bring it up to you real quick because it's it's beautiful, and I want you guys to hear it um, because it made so much sense to me when I read it. And it, and if you want to if you want to do a real good thing, just read the book of Malachi. It's super short. Okay, so it says right here, Malachi 3:10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in try it put me to the test that's the one time god says put me to the test because it because god says don't test him you know that's the one time god said try me see if i don't fulfill the promise that i gave you return that 10 percent to me and see how i don't bless your life and transform it and give you so much that you won't have no choice or no way out or no way of breathing until you give it away you're going to have so much that all you want to do is give it away because you have too much. You're like, I got to get rid of this. Like, I can't just let it sit here and spoil. You know, that's kind of like it's kind of like if someone gives you a lot of food, you don't want it to spoil. Like you want to give it away because no one wants to deal with a mess of spoiled items. And that's what happen if we try to hoard and hang on to things. That's why I don't get rich people and, and well off people like why you want to store up your own storehouse and hoard it and hold all this. When it's going to waste and it's going to dissipate when you leave, when generations after you dissipate, 
when God comes through and wrecks this world and puts it in its rightful place where it should be, what are you going to do then? When God asks you, what did you what did you seed into? How did you help push my kingdom and my agenda? How did you represent the image of Jesus? What are you going to say? I know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, God, I wasn't perfect, but I heard you and I was progressing every day. And God's going to be like, you're right. I saw you. But God's also going to hold me in my right standing and tell me what I did wrong also and what I was supposed to do. And I'm going to be like, all right, you're right, God. I ain't got no explanation. Why didn't I do that? You know why I didn't do it. And I know why I didn't do it. So there's no, like I gave you guys that verse earlier at the beginning. God sees everything. Nothing is naked. And even if I didn't read that off to you guys, I'm going to read it off again. And um, it may have been in the early one before my podcast got shut off. It's the work of the Satan. I tell you. But anyway, it's Hebrews 4.13. And it says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are all accountable. Let me tell you this. Y'all remember the story of Adam and Eve when they were naked and they were they were in the Garden of Eden and they were so close and so enveloped in the presence of God that they didn't even know they were naked. And then when Satan uh, encouraged them to eat that fruit and then they 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 woke up and they were able to, they saw each other naked and they were ashamed and they were of guilt because not only did they defy God, they also tried to hide from him. But God says, you can't hide from me. I know all your inner workings. I know your heart. I know your mind. I know your soul. I know your spirit. I know your thoughts. God knows all of it. Just like how a computer in a car knows every system function that's going on with a car. When there's a misfire, when there's something that's not uh, right, when there's an oxygen sensor off or where the oil pressure is too low or where the tire pressure is too low or where when there's a tail light out, that computer reads all that. God is like our computer chip. He's more than that. But let me break it down for you. God is like a chip. He knows he know he he's running he's running diagnostics on all of our systems because we're complex human beings. We were created in the image of God. God knows everything. So stop trying to hide. Stop trying to hide everything you do. The what I tell myself is, if if it's not written in red, and Jesus didn't say it, I don't care who said it. Okay, if I see myself trying to entertain my flesh or I'm walking up on something that is not God and I have to ask myself what would Jesus do or can I see Jesus doing this or would Jesus uh, 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 allow this if he was right here even though he is in the presence watching when you like here can I see God doing this and many times almost every time it's a no because the only time I have to ask myself that is when I'm entertaining my flesh true facts 100. And um, so that's the way I broke it down with the way I saw it. Also, guys, um, I gave you that verse of Malachi 3.10 and then I was talking about tithing, right? So if you go to my website, I have a store. Um, it's the it's store period barra to free. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Scratch that. It's barra to free dot store. And on there, I have a, I have a, actually, I have a shirt that I created representing what it looks like when you give 10% to God. So I have some items I created on there if you need a visual perspective, because I'm a visual learner. I get it. I get it. But another thing. So you know how we got these people in this world, y'all, that are team reppers. You know those people who sit on the sidelines and then they'd be like, when someone loses or when they team do something wrong or somebody else's team do wrong, they always want to pipe up and be like, you should have did that or you should have did that. And it's just like, um, sir, you you're on the sideline. 
you're not even playing the game. Not only are you not on the court, you ain't ever on the court. You're not even playing the game. You sitting on the sideline as a fan. Okay, but you got all the audacity to come up here and tell me what I should have did, what I could have did. Like, really? Okay. But team rappers that don't know the that don't that don't that do not know. I got to stop using contractions. That sounds so ghetto. But team rappers that do not know the sport or game, but have many suggestions. Remember, the devil is a liar. So you have to persist and resist. You have to. You got to keep going and you got to resist him so he will flee from you. Jesus said that too. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Every morning I got to resist him. Every morning, you know. I don't know if this is just me, but as a man, every morning I got to resist. You know, this just is just something that's in my genetic makeup. That's just what happens. And, you know, I got to resist and you got to keep on pushing and keep moving. But anyway, so on to the next thing. Um. So what does it take to become a part of a team? Reppers, or if you want to call them bench warmers, um, if you want to go from a bench warmer to a team player or an advocate for Jesus, there's uh, there's six things you're going to need. And I'll try to give you the definition of these six things, but I'm pretty sure all of us, we know just by hearing the word what each of these words mean. So we got concentration. You got to concentrate on chasing after God. You got to really concentrate on, hey, God, you're getting all my focus, all my attention. Dedication. Okay, God, I'm 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 dedicated. Nothing nor come high hell or high water is gonna break me from this, God. Like I'm dedicated to pursuing you, to running after your light, Jesus. Participation. Okay, now we are part of the team, right? We're participating. We're out there on the court. We're throwing the ball. We're shooting. We're doing the drills. We're dribbling. We're we're, we're passing the ball off to to each of our team members. You know, we are sharing the love of God, the sharing the peace between other believers, and we together are becoming the team, and we're 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 achieving the go- the end game. Preparation. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta warm up. You gotta you gotta run drills. You gotta practice. You got to. Um, like for me, I had to prepare for this podcast. Like I had to write down notes. I can't just, like I said in season one, I can't just deliver half cooked meals to you guys. Like I have to prepare. I have to get things in order. I got to, uh, as I also cook a lot. So as a chef, I have to, um, I got to prep the ingredients first before I can just cook. Like I can't, I got to prep the kitchen. I got to make sure it's clean. I got to prep all my ingredients. So that way, when I go to the stove, when I go to the oven, put all the orders together and, and, and prepare the meal. Maturation. When you learn, hey, when I was younger, I used to be on milk, on that, that, that Holy Spirit milk. But now because I'm grown and I'm more mature, I have more of an appetite. I, I want that meaty love of Christ. I want that, that, that meaty revelation. I want that. I want those convictions. I want those, 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 um, those spiritual slaps to the face like hey come on you know we've matured we can't be drinking on bottles no more um and my pastor says that like you know he's like it's, it's like it's it's time to mature it's time it's time and we it, it, it's got to be now because we getting tired of saying it's time to mature you know, I was hearing this a year ago and before that I was hearing it three years ago and before that I was hearing it 15 years ago it's time to mature and then another thing, the last thing, separation. You got to separate and have that time with God and understand, like, you 
you gotta deject from the world. You gotta deject from culture. You gotta have that alone time and be okay with just being by yourself and understanding who you are. And I say it a lot. Like my whole life, I lived by myself. I should be a pro in knowing what it's like to be in separation and singleness. But still, I, as long as I've been in it, it's it's still uncomfortable. I'm still uncomfortable in it. But that's what it takes to get all of God. You have to separate yourself so that you can hear 100% of God. Same on the court. Separate yourself from the, the, the side reppers and exist with your team. Because y'all know what the truth is. You know what the end game is. Um, Jesus said, okay, so here's another one. So there's a story. Um, Jesus was maybe about 12 years old and, uh, it's, it was when they were on, um, they were on their way to, uh, some type of holiday or some type of retreat that they were doing. And y'all I'm progressing. I'm getting better at, um, remembering things. Um, and getting my memory back, but it's on my heart as just, I got to get better at learning the names of the Bible and learning, um, which chapters they are, but I'm giving you guys the story, the rawness of it. I just don't have the, you know, like the shoelaces of the shoe, but, um, Jesus was about 12 years old and his, and he had went to, uh, now this is, he had went to go speak to his father, right? He had went into the temple and spoke to God. He was there for two days. Meanwhile, his mom and his father was looking everywhere for him. They had made it all the way back to Jerusalem. And they were wondering, like, they didn't think anything of it because they just thought Jesus was in one of the other carriages with uh, other people or whatever. They just didn't think anything of it. Like, oh, he's fine. Well, they get back home and they realize he's gone. So then they come back um, to the town that they were in and um, looking everywhere. It took them two days to find him. And then they find him and they ask Jesus, and Mary asked Jesus, where were you? And Jesus replies, why did you need to search for me? Didn't you not know? Didn't you not know where I'd be in the house of my father? Which in every right, Jesus was right in every right. And and Mary knew that because God had sent an angel and already spoke to her like, this is going to be the son of God. And Mary knew that. But Jesus was like, really? Like, and like, how? You should already know that he wasn't being disrespectful. He was just like, you know, I didn't think I have to. And he didn't say this, but he was just like, you know, I didn't think I've had to tell you where I was or explain it because you already I, I just assume you already knew. And um, or not assume he just knew that she already knew um, because Jesus doesn't have to assume God doesn't have to assume anything. God knows. And um, he said, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? And I put in parentheses maturity. Because as mature as Jesus was, probably even at 12 years old, already impressing the, the, the other religious believers or the, the, the teachers, they were blown away by his, the, his questions and his answers and, and, and unity with him when he was talking. And although you're mature in certain situations in your life, you're not probably mature in every situation. So what do you mean, Cor? Why would you even bring this up? Well, because it's like, Jesus, the way it's coming to me, the way I read it is Jesus wasn't necessarily at 12 years old mature in that situation to be mature in communication. He wasn't mature in communication because he didn't let his, his parents know where he was. So they're running around frantic and searching. And Jesus is just like, you know, I didn't think you guys would be worried because it's like, you know, 
where I would be. I mean, I'm my I'm my father's son, so I'm seeking I'm seeking my father. You know, I just I just I had to go see my father. And so Jesus may have I say may have because I don't know. And I don't want to step on being any type of way of misjudging God or saying the wrong thing. Um, but Jesus may have lacked maturity in that certain aspect of communication. Um, he lived to be 30 something years old before his crucifixion, crucifixion, which y'all in six days, uh, this is called Palm Week. In six days, we get to experience and remember um, the day that Jesus died for all of our sins, y'all. But on the same in the same week, he rose again. What other God has done that? God died for the sins of us in this world, went down, stole the king, the keys of death, came back and gave eternal life. Like that is so beautiful. But Jesus may have lacked maturity in communication or at least how we expect communication to work. Jesus was 12, yet I believe he's always been perfect, though. But he but has has and had maturity in many other areas. God, Jesus has and has had maturity in many other areas but like i said maybe in communication he lacked maybe just a little bit of maturity because he didn't allow he didn't let his mother know where he was so what is it that you're concentrating on again concentrate on the sport what sport are you playing are you on the team that wants to tell everybody how to play this sport or you want to get out there and you want to show them are you the one that wants to talk about God and talk about the Lord and everything that he's done and what he's doing? Or you want to get out there and you want to exemplify and you want to show that image of God? I'm going to be on the court, okay? I'm not going to be over here watching the game. I'm going to be out here. That's just me. Uh, another thing, um, identity versus purpose, y'all. What are you chasing? Who are you listening to? God says, I am the shepherd and my sheep know my voice for they won't follow any other stranger because they don't know who they are. What are you chasing? Who are you listening to? Because if God's not speaking to you, who's speaking to you? Um, so when it comes to identity versus purpose for feet, for women, I'm going to come for y'all first. I'm going to come for y'all like I'm on Spirit Airlines. Listen, um, identity. Is your identity in weaves, nails? bags, shoes, makeup, men, what is your identity vested in? Is it is it becoming more is it becoming bigger than your purpose? And gentlemen, don't think y'all out of the boat either. Because when I ask y'all the same question, what do you put your identity in? Um, you put it in women? Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> Jordans money I don't really know what else men would be putting besides women shoes and money I don't know what else a gentleman could put their identity in I really don't um but at, like all that to say is like your purpose your cause that God has given you that he has created for you has got to be bigger and always be bigger than identity you can't put your identity in other people and compare yourself and and, 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 and and try to seek validation from people who are on the same 
level as you are. Like if you want to become greater, you don't look to the people who are running the game with you. You look to the people who have already made it. You look to you look to the people who are there. And when I say people, you look to God is what I mean. You look to how Jesus did it. If you want to be more like Jesus and you want to play the sport and you want to be on the winning team, then you, you've got to understand how to play the game. You got to understand the fundamentals. You got to understand the principles. And it starts with tithing. It starts with um, tithing, finding your purpose, being in the word, being in his presence and um, not of this world. If I can if I can if I can hammer a nail any further into this wood, stop trusting this world. Stop putting your hope, your money, your time into this world and start sowing into the kingdom of God. Like. Y'all, I like for real, for real, real, like for real. Um, but what you're willing to sacrifice shows not only God, but everyone around you, what you're willing to be a part of. So for me, I was willing to sacrifice my connection to the world um, and, and my identity in homosexuality. That was a, a really like a, that was a big fight for me my whole life that like the thorn of Satan that was, you know, turned into be my mentor. I was willing to sacrifice from that because it's like it I, I sacrificed from that because I knew there was death in that. There was there would there would be there would be no there would be no life that came from that. And so Ooh, my song. I'ma try really hard not to start breaking out into this song while I'm trying to talk to y'all, but I love this song. You all know the story how it goes back then about the battle with the boy who destroyed Giants Islands, but the man who could stand nine feet that you guys repeat. How it goes back when God gets the glory and the old habits die in the middle of the lifetime I tried. Hey, hey, hey. But anyway, um, your purpose will dwindle and cease to exist if you chase identity to be seen or accepted seeking validation. Aesthetics are nice, but aren't everything, you know? So for me, my purpose started to die because I was putting my validation and my identity into materialistic things. I was out here chasing paper over purpose and trying to get all this money to keep and hang on to all the nice things that I had that... Although I thought I was doing the right thing, I was living a lie of sin. I was or living a life of sin. I was living a lie. I was listening. I was seeking God, but not really concentrating or dedicating or preparing or maturing or separating. I wasn't doing any of that, but I was chasing. Uh, I guess in a sense, I was I was may or may not have been inadvertently following the ways of this world i was no i'm gonna take that back i was because i was gonna say something else that's why i said may or may have but no that's this is better i was chasing the things of this world and this world belongs to satan but god created this world and everything in it so it's like okay another thing so this is a big one so um 
there's three steps to figure out where you're going to be. There's desire, location, and sacrifice. So for me, I broke it down. I said my desire is to equip souls under the two under two free, right? And I've already told you guys what two free stands for, what it means. But my desire is to equip souls under two free. Location, where am I at right now? My location is I'm building and creating in a ghost town. I'm talking about the word of God and I'm trying to speak my testimony to the world. I'm trying to share with people how real and how great God is, but it's a ghost town. Nobody is either wanting to hear it or nobody is listening. And that's okay because God said, catch the fish. I'll do the sorting. Okay. Y'all remember I told y'all story that a couple of episodes ago. Um, And then sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice to get to that desired location? Well, I'm willing to sacrifice feedback or opinions of those introduced to the vision. I may sit here and I introduce y'all to two free and talk about it and try to equip you guys under two free to eventually so that we can all be in God's good grace and, and do the work of God. But I can't I can't allow myself to 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 search for feedback or opinions of anybody that I introduce it to because I'm not supposed to be seeking validation from that. I'm not supposed to. I'm not so I'm supposed to be filling the cookie jar, not taking cookies out of it. No. Um, and um, so at the beginning of the year, Pastor Brenda Todd, um, which is my pastor of Transformation Church, Pastor Todd's mother, she um, did an episode at the beginning of the year called The Big Three. And the big three is to give. And then there's prayer and then there's fasting. Give prayer and fasting. That's, 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 that's it. And, uh, Ooh, yes, we're doing really good on time. Okay. Um, there's something else I want to share. Then I'm going to add something into the little video to speak to you guys about, or not video, but, um, episode. And then we're going to go from there. Um, all right here. All right. So, you know, when I was talking about how uh, rich people have all this money and they're not really doing anything with it or like heiresses and stuff where they come into all this money and then they end up squandering it because there was no fundamentals or principles put in place because their parents didn't set them up for success. So there's a there's a Bible verse called uh, uh, it's Proverbs 13, 22, and it says good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Man, yes, 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 yes. Like I said, God's blessing is better on nine. Uh, God's blessing is better is better on um ninety percent or the ten percent that you give Him, whichever one you want to look at it as, than the one hundred percent without His blessing. And anybody, y'all, like anybody, I, like I said, anybody, not everybody, but the principle of tithing. Is for anybody, not everybody, because people who consider God first in their life, th- then that, that it's not going to be an issue for them to give back. It's not. It's it's really not. Um, and so my pastor broke it down. Like I refer, like Pastor Ty, he's really good. Um, he broke down the word principle, and he broke it down into the word prince, which then he broke it down to first in line, right? Because the prince is first in line to the throne, right? I'm a prince. I call myself a king because I'm seeing the future. Okay. My father is a king, which I know eventually I'm going to be a king. But right now I'm God's prince. But on this world, y'all, I'm a king. I'm a black, beautiful king. BBK! Hey. <laughs> but um, 
rather experience troubles with God. I'd rather experience troubles with God and him having control than experience it without his presence. Just think about it. Would you rather have God on your side in your midst of you going through your troubles, knowing that he's got his hands on your life or to go through the same exact situation without him? Then who are you going to turn to? What's life going to be like then? Um, last thing y'all would really say and make a really hard point on this is Jesus is God's tithe. Think about it. God gave his first. The one thing he asked the other guy to do to give up his son, God did the same thing. So God ain't going to ask you to do something that he ain't already sacrificed. Jesus was God's tithe. God gave Jesus to the world on a maybe, on a maybe they'll see me, on a maybe they'll love me, on a maybe they'll worship me, on a maybe they'll do the right thing. So it, it baffles me when I hear people say, I just want to thank the man upstairs. Like, really? Say his name if you about it. I want to thank God. And you need to say that at the beginning, not at the end of all your little credits of everyone you're giving your shout outs to. Say it at the beginning. Okay? Be about it. Don't play around it. Don't hide in the bush. Come on up out of there. God gave his first so the other children could be redeemed. It takes faith to give the first. All on a maybe. He gave up his one. A donkey is considered unclean and a lamb is pure and a lamb must be redeemed. A, ma- a lamb must redeem the donkey. So Jesus took the donkeys, which in parentheses, I put our sin in uncleanliness. Close parentheses place. So Jesus is the lamb pure. We are the donkey, which is unclean. Jesus took our place, which because we are the donkey. He took our place. Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Exodus 23, 19, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord, your God. I honestly believe, guys, that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So when you go to pay your bills, which bill are you paying first? Because if you're paying any bills before you give your 10%, that's who owns your life. The mortgage company, the car company, you know, uh, uh, anything that you paying added at, at the first of your resources, reevaluate that. Because God don't need us. He ain't asking for money as if the streets were paved in gold, like I said. God is the one who provided the resources in the first place. He don't need or want the money. He wants you to believe and trust in him and in his power. He wants to be first. So make it happen. Stop making excuses. Like I said, it's time to grow up. And um, and, and believe me, I'm speaking to myself. Like, it's, it's got to stop. We got to do better, y'all. Um, and that's all I have. But there is one more thing I want to put in here. And it's about the little Nas 10 iPhone X situation, whatever his name is. The whole satanic Nike thing and all this other stuff. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, like my opinion doesn't matter on the situation because I don't know the full situation. At the end of the day, what I do know is, is that if 
okay let me just let me just let me let me just give you guys what i recorded last night and let you listen to it from there one second so uh yeah i, I want to talk about this this little nas x not iphone 10 little nas 10 situation or something like that i don't even know how to say his name anyway irrelevant but what i am trying to understand is okay first of all let me just say this i've been on social media and i've been dejected really from this culture in this world really honestly since the beginning of last year before covid hit like i've kind of just i don't know what's top charting music is out there right now i don't know what kind of celebrity gossip celebrity news what's going on really in the world unless someone else brings it to me that's how i know what's going on in the world anyway so a few days ago my friend brought it to my attention about what Lil Nas has been doing and all this other stuff and i'm just like okay so when she sent it to me i saw a few pictures of just him with the shoes and then little caption i was like okay irrelevant i'm over this um so i just exit out of it didn't really entertain it i was like i don't care for this like i don't it's none of my business. He don't. He it really is just a waste of my time even reading this because either it's clickbait or it's real. And at the end of the day, it's out of my hands. It's out of my situation. That God sees it, God gots it. And at the end of the day, boom, boom, boom. And then I hear it and see it again, and I'm just like, you know. So then I start to think, and I'm just like, I don't even care. I care about Lil Nas's soul, but I don't care about what the world thinks or what. Who has an opinion about if he is in the right, in the wrong, whatever. I don't care. It's irrelevant to me. What I am trying to understand is how do all these people in this world that do things on this type of line, how do they not, I I just can't see them questioning themselves like, who created me? What is my purpose? Because I feel like I want to know what type of lie Satan is seeding into these people for them not to even want to ask that question or exhibit that they're trying to understand that question or trying to figure out the answer to that question. Like who created me and why am I here? Because if God gives everyone a purpose and writes it down in the book of what everyone is supposed to do and everything, I refuse and I cannot allow myself to believe that God creates these people to blatantly just disregard and go against him to do these things, to destroy the world, to encourage and create a following of these people to follow satanic ways and Satan himself. Like I I just cannot wrap my head around it. So the question again is, what light is Satan seeding in these people? Like from day one, I've always, whenever day one was, it's been years, but I've always asked myself the question, what is my purpose? I know I wasn't just born, you know, to a man named Carl and a woman named Charmin. I know that it goes deeper than that. Like I know that I was created. Like I I know that I have a purpose. I, I know that I'm... I was put here for a purpose. Like, so how do these people, when they create things like this, how do they just accept that this is it for them, that this is their life, that they got to become the greatest and the best and make everything happen in this world like, and, and to absorb so much of 
the resources in this world for good. Like, 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 it's so hard to even put this question in a, in a perspective because it's like, I, I, I just can't see how people, I, I, I guess it's honestly, it really is a loss of your soul. Like if you, because the soul will always be scratching and itching, trying to figure out what it, per, what its purpose is why it exists why it is here yet then when you see stuff like this it's just like is their soul really gone because that soul should be burning you day and night to try to figure out who I'm supposed to be but if you're not being asked that question then who's guiding you who's running you what is your game plan your end game if you don't know where you're going Like, if you're not asking your question, yourself the question where you're going 10, 20, 50 years from now, like, what are you doing? Like, I, I like, I, it's just so crazy. It's, it's just so crazy because it's like, it's like, it, 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 it's like you really are just existing in this world for it's what it can give you but what happens after that what happens when you stop breathing is it your ultimate end game to go down and sit or whatever you do in hell at the feet of Satan is that really what you want I mean (laughs) I don't do well with heat and I for sure as heck (laughs) <laughs> will not sit there and be burned. Like, I, I can't do that. No, 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 sir. But at the end of the day, it's just like, whatever Satan is promising people is just things of this world. He, Satan don't change. He's a liar. And he can only promise things of this world that satisfies the flesh. Ooh. <laughs> there it was, there it was. But God gives those things that only God can give. The fruits of the spirit. That you can't just grab and gain. Like you have to accept from God once you know God. I mean, I don't know Lil Nas' situation, but I know that I'm on the right team. That's all I know. But I just want to understand where his soul is. Like, why do this? You're still so young, but you are already just, all right, Satan, here's my life insurance. Is all this worth it? Is it a publicity stunt? What is it? Anyway, these are the type of questions I, I, I want you guys to question yourself and ask yourself and ask these questions and try to understand and ask other people around you, other peers around you to have a conversation to be like, to, to try to understand this because... It is, a, it is a disease running rampant in our world of people not asking the right questions, not wanting to ask the questions and to just exist. Like, it's deeper than that, y'all. So, I hope that that gave you guys some type of um, uh, a different or a more 
concise perspective because I, I feel like I'm a gamer, right? So I play I play games in my spare time. I and uh, I don't think I'm not like the gamer that sits in his boxers and eat Doritos and is just overweight or in boxers or drinks Mountain Dew or any of the images of what you think a gamer is. Uh, I'm a gamer because I play games in my spare time. And um, not like games, like playing games, <laughs> but I play video games. And there's two types of video games. There's RPG and then there's open world games. What does RPG mean? RPG is a role playing game. And I feel like the little Nas, t- little Nas 10 situation, he's playing a role playing game. Like you're playing with Satan and you thinking that he loves you and all this other stuff. I don't know what you're thinking, but it's disgusting. But at the end of the day you're playing a role-playing game in satan's world because satan is the game master he created this game and you're playing a role in his game so there's only a certain amount of routes that he can take that are already designed for you whereas people like me we're more of an open world type of game play like we like to explore the world and come up come to the objectives that we're supposed to go to on our own terms let god shape our life because we're gonna get to where we need to be but we don't have to take a structured route Okay, we don't have to listen to what somebody else says. God doesn't force us or tells us what to do. He doesn't dangle a carrot in front of us and be like, if you do this, you get this. God promises and he delivers. So are you going to be a person who plays an open world game? Or are you going to be a role player? I've never been a role player. I'm too free for that. Okay. He put bricks inside my lungs like a ventilator. Like, I ain't playing with y'all no more. And and so, uh, not as in not playing with y'all. Like, I'm, I'm not playing with these, these Satans of the world. Like, they want to come from my head and try to take things and form weapons against me. I denounce it in the name of Jesus because I'm not playing no more. I'm not playing anymore. These demons want to keep trying to come for me and come for what I have and what I'm trying to work on. And I'm fed up. I'm fed up. And y'all should be fed up with it, too, because the time is getting near where we got to start burning hard on these on these. Ooh, ooh, if I didn't know Christ, we got to start burning hard on them and start shutting them down in the in the in the in the moments that they speak. Like I used to try to be more cautious with it and still be loving like Jesus told me to be. And I still am going to be that. But I'm tired of letting Satan come through and try to steal people's joy, steal people's happiness, steal people's truths. Tell people lies. Like I'm, I, I, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and I pray that anybody is under my sound of my voice that they get this type of revelation, they get this energy, the spirit that I'm feeling right now. That we gonna come hard. That we come in for God. God, we coming for you so that you can come with us, so that you can lead the way, God, so that we can behead the Satan, behead his children, and show the world what experiencing Christ's love is really like. So, guys, thank you for tuning in with me this week. Thank you for being a part of Waves. And I hope that you guys continue to seek the vision and understand the mission of Two Free. God bless you guys.